Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and yes, we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll free, 1 800 610 7035. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is James O'Conn. We're going to be talking to James about his new book entitled The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. And uh, James is an author, lecturer, and an award-winning structural engineer. He has explored more than 50 remote Maya sites and researched Maya technology, uh, technological accomplishments for more than 40 years. Combining his talents as a forensic engineer and an evidence gleamed from his archaeological investigation, James lifts the veil of mystery from the lost technology of the Maya. And James, welcome to the Exxon. How are you, sir? I'm doing right fine. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your interest in the Maya. Uh, the interest in the Maya began, grew out of my interest in history as mm-hmm. a, a teenager and, and grew into a uh, hobby. I'm, I'm going to take these step and Then an avocation when I uh, spent time in, in Mexico in the 60s, uh, almost a year, mm-hmm. and uh, visited Maya sites where I felt a kinship with the, uh, the Maya engineers and started considering how these incredibly uh, bright people built their, their brand cities and mm-hmm. uh, built the infrastructure for these uh, beautiful places. And it grew into a situation where I made some discoveries, Pointed them out to archaeology. They said, mm-hmm. impossible. They couldn't have done it. They were Stone Age people. Well, that's one way for the quest, the quest for the truth. 
truth, and uh, the culmination is the book. And the book is entitled Exonation, uh, The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. James' website is www.theoldexplorer.com, and his book is available on Amazon.com. James, why do you think so many people now are showing a sudden interest in the Mayan and, and the Maya technology as well as the Maya civilization? Do you think the 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 hype around the end of the Mayan calendar, 2012, uh, December 21st, 2012, has something to do with it? Yes, it does, and, uh, you know, we have uh, films, Indiana Jones' last mm-hmm. movie was about the Maya, and we've had a, a tremendous increase, and not we, but Mexico has had a tremendous increase in tourism to uh, to Maya sites mm-hmm. over the last uh, 20 years, and it just keeps increasing, and it's, I find it to be astounding that they expect 57 million people there this year, oh, and I yeah. think that... They usually get about 30, but this year is a big deal because, as you said, there's about a mutual hype around the uh, December 21st date. All right, James, stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exonation. Nation, James Ocon is our special guest. We're talking to James this hour about his book, The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. Here's a couple of websites, www.theoldexplorer.com. Dot com. That's www.theoldexplorer.com, and his book is available on Amazon.com. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And don't forget, this coming May 25th to the 27th, I will be at the International Center, 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga, where the Body Soul Spirit Expo is going to be held. And it's going to be a great event. If you're in the Toronto area, please drop by and say hi. Now, for further information, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And uh, James O'Connor and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break to talk about his book, The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. 
Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. And welcome back, everyone. James O'Connor is our special guest uh, this hour. We're talking about James's book, The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology, and it's available on Amazon.com. Now, the Maya civilization was the longest in history, James. Uh, let's see, what was it, 3,000 years? The Maya had a long time to contemplate the cosmos, the universe. They, they were farmers, they were astronomers, and they were great cosmic philosophers, now, how did this assist them in developing their scientific civilization? It took away my best line, the cosmos. They developed their belief system mm-hmm. in their fascination with time and space. And it, time and space to them was all contained in the cosmos. And in, in the nightly uh, light show they had, uh, through a transparent, clear sky, they saw... Yeah, the movement of planets, uh, the rotation of our planet, the stars, uh, and started studying them and being obsessed by them. Of course, as one generation passed to another, they had to start counting the, the cycles, the days and years between different periodicities of planets and stars and rotations, and that made that that, that enabled them to start a writing and mathematical system that kept track of the time and named the stars and just wrote about mm-hmm. the cosmos. This developed their astronomy, their mathematics, and their uh, writing system, which was, by the way, one of the five original writing systems in the world. Now, we, so also, that, we, al- we also know that the, that the Maya realized uh, that, the, uh, that the Earth was not the center of the universe 500 years prior to Galileo finding this out. Absolutely. Uh, they knew that uh, when the ships which uh, landed with the Columbus were, were, all, were, all, were all afraid of falling off the edge of the Earth, but mm-hmm. the Maya, which had already passed away, the civilization had passed 600 years before, but they knew... They did. The, the, the Earth was round. Right. So, um, why were the Maya so intelligent? Well, I think they were just a cultural system that happened. And this is part of the, the, the luck system. Happened to study the stars mm-hmm. and the movement 
and as I went into the uh, the counting and the writing, et cetera, that developed a, a hierarchy of people who could understand those scientific elements that they were developing, and they developed an intellectual class, an elite society, et cetera, and uh, it developed in as all human societies do into a class system where you had these really bright people that, that they were selected, like NFL players or for guys for NASA. They all were headed in that direction all their life, and they developed a society that had an elite system that worked on the, the sciences. And out of this came their technology. They figured they needed some better place to work and live, so they built these cities that were through their technology uh, made of cast-in-place concrete with tools that were harder than steel and uh, water uh, management systems that uh, saved them during the dry season, roads that cut all the way straight as an arrow, paved uh, 30 feet wide right through the jungle from one city-state to another. They were city-states rather than an empire, and that's one of the things that kept them going for 3,000 years because there was not one big, big city that controlled, but 50 cities that relied on each other for trade and for uh, their culture and for a lot of political inter 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 interface. That, and that was a lot, that was a 3,000 year stretch right there, but that is what kept them uh, in an uh, intellectual state where they could use their cognitive intelligence and develop all these thoughts. So, without outside influence from other cultures, uh, James, how did the Maya evolve their scientific civilization? Well, it started with the stars. Everything they, you need to start a science is in counting, naming the stars, and this astrology, and the projections of time through astronomy. I said astrology, I was wrong. Backwards in time. And then cycling, picking a time and cycling them forward. They believed in linear time like mm -hmm. we do and cyclic time when they would go back in time, select the date for a perfect uh, uh, future uh, event like a war, uh, coronation, um, uh, celebration, and cycle forward. That's how we got the, uh, the, the 2012 date uh, that was evolved in cycling back and forward until they found the right date for the now you know I've been, I've been you know I've been, I've been down to Mexico myself and I've done quite a bit of research on the Maya and nowhere talking to any of the Maya talking to any of the any of these different uh, high schools of learning including uh, the the uh, the government officials do they state anywhere that the end of the world is going to be happening on December the twenty first twenty twelve so where did this myth come from Well the myth around December 21st, is really a myth started by modern uh, doomsday uh, uh. predictors. That is the end of this this era of the Maya calendar. It's 13 baktuns, which is about, it's 5,126 years and 123 days. Most people don't know that. But they, they developed that as part of the procession of the Earth, which is 25,600 years. The Maya divided into five parts and took each one, which is the 5,126 years of change, and set a start of the creation and the end of the creation. And so 
the Bakhtun, uh 13.0.0.0 will be on December 21st, which happens to be a famous day around the world. That's uh, where we got Christmas. That's the, uh, the winter of solstice, uh, uh, Hanukkah. Everything you could think of were all developed around the winter solstice. So they picked the winter solstice, which is the time when the sun is, you know, vertically uh, at the zenith. And set that up as a great day to end uh, have a big New Year because the next day was zero 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 one, mm-hmm. which was a new time era. Were they that's aw- the Maya look at it. Were, were they aware of at the time that this was also going to be the date of the galactic alignment? They picked that date. A lot of scholars think this, and I'll I'll give you the the thought process. The, the galactic alignment is when the uh, the dark rift in our galaxy and the Milky Way it aligns with the sun at the zenith, and there's like a you drew a line along the black uh, dark rift, and then aligned it with the sun and some some planets. You've got a, a cross which is like the, the Earth tree of the Maya, and um, that that happens many many times throughout the five thousand year history. But it also happened several times in this period. We're talking about 2012. And they found a date when it would swing back and forth right at the 21st of December. And got uh, that, that was the date. They picked a date that would end on uh, on a holiday, which was the solstice. And uh, they, were, they were brilliant astronomers. So yeah, they were doing this at uh, around... Around the year zero in our calendar, around the time of, uh, of Christ's birth, uh, at, at a town called Istapa. So that's that's as logical a case as I can. Uh, it's logical to me mm-hmm. because they were great astronomers. But they picked a date that would be uh, on a holiday in uh, at the end of their uh, era, the, uh, the creation era. Now, now, Jim, because because archaeologists consider the Maya to be a stone-aged people, how did this label affect your studies? Well, that was one of the uh, one of the elements that really drove me into this uh, quest. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely sure the Maya had invented cement, tools harder than steel, incredible methods of uh, transportation without a beast of burden, and I knew that these people who had one of the first one of the first five uh, original languages, written languages in uh, history, couldn't be Stone Age just because they didn't have metal tools. Although they could do amazing things and had amazing cities and oh, unbelievable art and architecture, mm-hmm. uh, the, the archaeologists were falling back on the three age system of uh, stone and bronze and iron that was developed in in the early uh, 18th century. You know, in a museum in Denmark, and the Maya got nailed with this uh, this, this category because they were the last civilization to be discovered. It was 1839. Uh, well, everybody knew they were there, but that was the first time that uh, John uh, Lloyd Stevens and Catherine Wood, who I know you wrote about, came um, into the area and, and viewed these cities mm-hmm. and made drawings and wrote amazing descriptions and became, well, actually they changed the history of the world. They found there was another another, another civilization that was encapsulated. It, when it failed in the ninth century, nobody ever uh, reoccupied the cities. 
Uh, they were never invaded by other people, so they were like they're in a time capsule. And uh, they, they, we had, we being the archaeologist, now I'm, I'm not an archaeologist, I'm an engineer, I'm an archaeo-engineer, could not find any metal tools. Okay, They found gold, which was traded from different areas, but there's no real metal in the, and I'm talking about the hard metals, in the Maya zone. They have to go 1,500 miles away to find iron. So they didn't see any metal, so they had to be Stone Age. In the book, I talk in Chapter 4, I talk about many other uh, uh, descriptions of civilization which don't involve stone or metal tools, but have all the factors that the Maya developed, the cities, the languages, the mm -hmm. writing, etc. And uh, they, I, I'm on a campaign to get rid of that uh, that appendage or appellage, uh, Stone Age. All right, stand by, Jim. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation. James O'Conn is our special guest. James O'Conn, his website, www.theoldexplorer.com, or his book can be found on Amazon.com, and the name of the book is The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. That's The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology is available at Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news with James O'Conn as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 1-800-610-7035 Worldwide email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger exxonradiotv at hotmail.com and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com, and you can listen 724-365 at www.xzbn.net forward slash live htm. My guest this hour, Exxonation, is James A. O'Conn, and we're talking about James's book, The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. It's a great book. It's got fantastic photos in it. And um, James, what was your most startling find as a as an archaeo engineer investigating the Mayan civilization and Maya technology, I would place my number one 
discovery or forensic uh, discovery on the fact that the Maya invented how to make or fabricate cement mm -hmm. 300 years before Christ. And the Europeans discovered the method in 1851. Well, that's when it was patented anyway. The Romans didn't use cement, but it was all uh, natural cement that came from uh, volcanic sources. So they didn't have to develop a method, but the Maya developed this incredible wood timber uh, cylinder that would make 20 mm -hmm. feet in diameter and about 10, 12 feet high out of wood that would be burned with a cylinder down the middle. It would be what I call it the fire cylinder. And they would develop this and put limestone on top. Now, when limestone gets to 14 to 1600 degrees Celsius, it melts. And when it melts, it becomes cement. And they developed what I term, and it, 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 that is what it is, a thermodynamic uh, reactor, which had a fire in the center, which uh, lowered the temperature as the fire got hotter, and it had shafts on the, at the ground level that drew in fresh, oxygen-rich, cold air that combined with the uh, interior uh, fire and made the fire hotter, mm -hmm. and it would recycle and get hotter and hotter until they would develop a temperature that was required to um, melt the uh, limestone. And this was a, I've made models of this, and pictures are in the book. They're only 120 scale, but um, I had fire shooting. Well, their furnaces, which they still use occasionally, Nobody, nobody ever found these until they discovered pictures from, you know, Chichen Itza when they were yeah. uh, consolidating the site. And the, the, all the cement they made, made there, used there, was made from this kind of process. And this tongue of flame would shoot in the air 150 feet, that uh, 50 meters. And mine only did six or eight meters, but it's amazing. It's like uh, at the end of Indiana Jones, remember that tongue of fire growing up from the, mm -hmm. the ark? Yeah. It's that, that's my, my most impressive, uh, uh, you know, discovery. Because, hey, I got the pictures of how they did it. I got the pictures of the, after the, the fire. They burned the fire for like 36 hours. It would last that long. They'd use green wood or uh, wood that was been soaked in water mm -hmm. and develop, uh, you know, uh, material that was uh, cement. And we, in the book, I have tests. It was done by the University of Mexico. I bought it, lucked up on some really great guys down there, some professors, and they ran tests on them, and it was like 97% wow. similar to modern Portland cement. Why do you think, uh, James, that everybody looks at the, the Egyptians or the Incas as the great mysteries, and yet the in my book, the, the Maya, you know, I'm sorry, they, they have so much to offer, and they have offered and given so much to modern technology. It's true, but they didn't have the PR that the ah. Gypsies had. Gypsies had the Greeks and the Romans and and everybody who uh, occupied mm -hmm. their uh, country to write and think and tell about their their, their culture, their uh, inventions, and everything else. And likewise, the Incas, when the, the, the conquistadors hit the shores of America, the Maya had already been you know, collapsed 600 years. So when the Pizarro came in and uh, massacred all the Incas and uh, stole all the gold, he had a bunch of guys with him uh, that wrote 
Chronicles of the King. They talked about everything, you know, the the, the billing systems, uh, the language, uh, the, the how they built bridges, how they the, the Inca roads mm-hmm. stretched fourteen thousand miles. It was unbelievable. They had PR. I mean, they had books. Thornton Wilder wrote the bridges on Lewis Ray, right? And I have that in the book too. I said better PR than anybody in the Inca, I mean, my world ever had. When the Spanish hit, they never even saw the lost cities in the jungle. They didn't care about them. They were covered up with, you know, jungle uh, plants and trees and vines. And the Maya were just, uh, you know, they 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 been over the 600-year period had fallen from the great science uh, scientific society into uh, a more uh, a farming community. They did have their they did have uh, literate people that could read the books and copy the books that were burned by the Spanish, but uh, they didn't have the the great the great sciences and the great cities. But that's history, you know. They didn't have anybody write their history because the Spanish burned the books. Yeah, the Spanish weren't very nice to the Maya. You know, there 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 are stories uh, that 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 are in the Mayan history of of the uh, of the Spanish as well as the. The, the Columbus explorers abusing them to a point where the Mayas were taking their own lives and their lives of their children so that they wouldn't have to go through the torture that they were being subjected to. The Inquisition was tough on the Mayas. Yeah. And that, that, now, I'll just use that because everybody has heard of it, but it lasted for 600 years, and they, they, they the goal of the priest, backed up by the army, was to convert the Maya and destroy their culture, their ancient culture. Yeah, it's like if it's if it's not my way, it's no one's way. That's right. Either you know, become Catholic mm-hmm. or you know, you're dead. You know, you, you just went into the. Uh, if you, well, they had a, a, a test. If you really believed in, uh, and they threw you in a pond, and if you floated, mm-hmm. you believe you sank and drowned. Then you were not a non-believer. One hell of a way to prove that you're a believer or a non-believer, right? That's the PR. Yeah. They didn't have money writing about him until John Lloyd Stevens came along and wrote a book about his adventures, and that was a worldwide bestseller. Unbelievable. Tell, tell me, what was the hardest part about writing your book? Uh, the hardest part? About, oh, you know what the hardest part was? And that's a good question. I knew it had to be about technology. Mm-hmm. Of the Maya, and I knew I wanted to get into the elements. You know, my my gods that I wrote about were thermodynamics, physics, mm-hmm. chemistry, structural mechanics, and hydraulics. We all know these gods; we live with them every day. You know, you, your automobile automobile engine is based on this. So I went in with that in mind, but I didn't want to write a strictly archaeological book that would be only. For the you know the, the ivory towers mm-hmm. and the high higher and dried uh, uh, systems, I wanted to write a book that was readable. So I interjected in the book, and I didn't know at the time. I injected anecdotes about being captured by Guatemalan guerrillas or slipping through Zapatista lines or oh lots of stuff like that. And I, I, actually, some of the critics have said I didn't put enough in. That's the best part of the book. <laughs> so I blended. Technology, mm-hmm. Maya history, and I'm the first person I think that I read that in Chapter Three. I actually tried 
to figure out how the Maya became so smart. Like, first question you asked. 3,000 years, they had lots of time, and they had the cosmos as their uh, model, mm-hmm. and they came forward and they had a, a, a tremendous, you know, uh, scientific civilization. So I had to combine these three things. You know, uh, something to keep people interested, the real truth, and I had to have pictures, photographs, and illustrations, which I did myself. Never do that. Never write a book where you're writing, <laughs> you're writing and drawing illustrations. And, and, and the text that had to be very readable, because I wanted this to be a book for the people, not right. just you know, somebody who's really, really deep into hieroglyphics or into some other. I don't even hardly touch on it, those things in the book. I just describe what they did. That was the hardest part of blending those things into 12 chapters, mm-hmm. where at the beginning I talk about where they came from. At the very end, they're, they're dying, you know, laying on their uh, superhighways, the sock base, with no water and no food because the huge, the worst drought in 7,500 years is struck, and there was no way out. And technology, which had built the Maya civilization and enabled a civilization, a uh, population of mm-hmm. in million collapsed and failed them because the, the water supplies ran out. They, they, uh, agriculture did not work without water, et cetera, et cetera. And you read in the book how many uh, technological features failed them, and they were right. so. We uh, they all died off, and one of my reviewers, who was a well-known archaeologist at the end, said, "Bummer." He just wrote down, and, "Can we have a, a happier ending than that?" <laughs> so I wrote the epilogue. But anyway, that, that was uh, I got input from mm-hmm. four famous archaeologists on the uh, reviews. They were based. I got good reviews, and I wanted to blend in technology and the truth about the Maya. Uh, t- tell, were, tell me, what was the reaction of some archaeologists to your technical uh, technical options or your technical op- opinions? The thing that really got me was they would write, and these are, I'll take the four guys that, that actually had a chance to write on the manuscript. I didn't know that comes like that. That's interesting. I learned more about draft animals than I've ever learned before because hmm. I was talking about the buy and, and the advantage of not having draft animals. And uh, they were really great comments and they never commented once about the history or i didn't get anywhere into the belief system you know i didn't talk about ritual or kings or matriarchy or anything like that i kept it all to you know uh engineering type stuff that uh how they built it and how they maintained it and and uh what was left uh when uh it was come quote discovered so that was the hard part, it, and uh, it, it worked. It really worked. Oh, I blended in those stories about adventures, which I didn't want. Adventure, as I say in the book, adventure is something, starts with something, doing something stupid, you know. So uh, that's how I did it. And that was the hardest part, is blending in the three elements. So uh, can we safely say that there's now scientific proof that the Maya were a technologically advanced society? Yes, and what presses me is the reviews are using that very phrase, technologically advanced, because they, they, they see the cement and they see mm-hmm. the, they use tools harder than iron. Uh, they, 
the, the water systems were tremendously advanced. A series of uh, underground cisterns that collected water during the uh, rainy season, mm. so it could be used by the cities and by you know everybody during the dry seasons, and on and on. And the boats, they had a, a trade system. Now I, I really tout the trade system because they lived off trade. I mean, they tr- tr- traded north into Mexico. Uh, that that's north of by 1,500 miles, and they had these big boats. They were like giant canoes, and but they were built with all the technology of modern um, marine vessels. And the most, the best witness we have for those is Christopher Columbus himself. In his fourth voyage, he boarded a, a Maya a sailing vessel at sea and took off his best treasure, which, is, which was cotton, by the way, at the time, because Europe didn't have cotton like the Maya uh, grew and wove. And uh, he described the boat and everything else. And uh, I use it in the uh, in, in the book to recreate a Mayan canoe along with a, an expert that I worked with. So I, you know, uh, people who read it believe it because I, I tell how I was done. I tell how uh, the, the uh, system was uh, uh, built and operated. I show drawings and then show a photograph and when you do that you don't have any more questions about well show me something else you know well nobody's asked a question like that yet i'm really pleased that i i satisfied uh the reader because i've got the comments from the the the, uh, reviewers say he illustrates clearly the miracle of the Maya. All right, and stand I- by, Jim. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation James O'Conn is our special guest. He's the author of The Lost Secrets of the Maya of Maya Technology. That's The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. It's available at Amazon.com. And for more information on James, visit his website at www.theoldexplorer.com. And James and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. As we continue here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the X-Zone Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com.
True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, Exxon Nation. Uh, James O'Connor is our special guest, and the name of his book is The Last Secrets of Maya Technology. It's available at Barnes & Noble, and if you'd like to get more information on James' website, it's www.theoldexplorer.com. So tell me, James, what's the next step into the investigation into the secrets of the Maya? I think uh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, since the, the, I finished the book a year ago, and mm-hmm. it's taken a year to go through the publishing process and everything else. And my, my next, uh, I, I think I'm going to go more into detail about the, the life of the Maya uh, and how they lived. Uh, and I don't mean social life. I mean the day-by-day stuff about lighting systems and, and ventilation and uh, uh, some structures, uh, some cities are built out of brick etc. And I'd like to further pursue the navigation system, and which was incredible. It's based on the stars. And their uh, lighthouse system, which uh, traversed the coast, and of course they went all the way down to Antigua, which is like a 3,000 kilometer mm-hmm. route. So uh, I'm working on that uh, very slowly, because we just, you know, we just were released two weeks ago, so we're, I've, uh, my time's been full. So uh, and I'm enjoying it, by the way. So it's not a, it's not that was not a complaint. Tell me, but Jim. I, let me uh, let me ask you this ahead. question as 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 a as somebody who's gone deep into the Maya, their secrets, their culture, their technology. What do you think, or how do you feel the the doomsday prophesiers are going to feel on December the twenty second, twenty twelve? They're going to be. Few and far in between. Have you noticed it's dropping off? Yep. I mean, the the guys that are leading the thing, I, you could name, I could name some, are sort of like talking about it's not doomsday anymore. It's like uh, the age of Aquarius, or it's a change in the uh, in, in in the style of life of yep. the world. It's a new era, and, and it sounds more like uh, the Flower Children of the seventies than it does, you know, uh, one of the. Uh, well, I've read some of your documentation about the uh, the, the, the failed end of the world prophecy, yes. okay, which we've all gone through a bunch of them. I think they're going to be disappointed, and they're going to bond it like the rest of us. Only four shopping days to Christmas. <laughs> James, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. Congratulations on a great book. I thoroughly thank enjoyed you. reading it. Uh, much success to you in the future, and please come thank back and visit us again here in the Exxon. I'm always glad to visit Canada. All right, buddy. You take care of yourself. And once again, congratulations on a great book. Exxon Nation, James O'Conn has been my guest to this hour. 
and he's the author of The Lost Secrets of Maya Technology. Now, it's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and for more information on James himself, www.theoldexplorer.com. Don't forget, May 25th to 27th, I'll be at the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo, 6900 Airport Road. That's the International Center, right across from Pearson International Airport. For more information, wow, they've got a great venue this year. Hats off to you, Chandler. Visit www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. That's www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send an email to me anytime. Love hearing from you. Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. My name is Rob McConnell. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. <laughs> 